Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Krenitsia the Well, a podcast series on Ukrainians around the world. Today is Monday, August 14th, 2017. And I have with us as a guest today, Nick Bilogorsky, who is a Ukrainian activist in San Francisco and also an expert on cybersecurity, an angel investor, and uh, very prominent in the Silicon Valley tech community in San Francisco area. But today we're not going to focus on his, his technical side or his investing side. I want to focus in on his experience as a Ukrainian emigre in the U.S., and then also in particular on his uh, organizing in the California area, what he did at the time of the Ukrainian Maidan and uh, after that. So, Nick, how are you? Welcome. Thank you. I'm doing well. Great. Before we get started talking about uh, your organizing activity and the Ukrainian community in San Francisco, I'd like to get some background on yourself. Where, where were you born in Ukraine? When did you leave? And how did you end up in the United States? So I was born in Kharkiv, in the east of Ukraine, in 1981. And uh, my, uh, my mom and dad split up when I was six. And my mom eventually immigrated to Canada. Uh, and that happened in 95. So when I finished high school uh, in Kharkiv, and it was a physics, mathematics, lyceum, uh, my mom invited me to visit her in Canada, and I I came to Canada in '96. I liked it, um, and I ended up staying there and immigrating to Canada when I was 16 uh, in 1996. So, did you get your uh, university education in Canada? Yes, that is correct. Uh, I did high school in Ukraine, and then I did uh, actually when I moved to Canada, I went to another last year of. American or Canadian high school. So I did uh, the last year of high school twice, and then I went to college for two years, and then my university was in Vancouver at Simon Fraser University, and I got my degree in computer science and a minor in philosophy. And when you emigrated to Canada, what town or city did you go to? It was Vancouver, Canada. Vancouver. Was there a very large Ukrainian community there? Yes, it was sizable, and in fact, that's where I think my kind of activism or Ukrainian volunteering day started is because as we came as emigres from Ukraine, uh, my mom didn't have a lot of money. She was a student, a PhD student, and me and my brother were there. So Ukrainian community took us in from Vancouver, and we uh, both sang in a Ukrainian choir, Svitanok choir, and we went to the, uh, the, the Sunday events at the Ukrainian church, uh, um, and we kind of really got a lot of help and support from the Ukrainians particularly the family of Adam and Kvitka Kozak uh, uh, in Vancouver, Canada. So how did you end up in San Francisco? So I, I from 16 onwards, I was growing up in Vancouver, going to school, uh, got my degree, and my first job was in cybersecurity and, and antivirus research in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, that was in 2004. And then I spent two years working there, and I liked it. But then uh, in Canada, we experienced this thing called the brain drain, where you know some of our smartest people end up moving to the States where the better jobs and better pay is. So I really experienced that myself, where a recruiter reached out to me and offered to 
come to San Francisco where he says, we'll double your salary and uh, it's full of sunny days. Uh, you'll get 300 sun, sunny days per year. Sounds like a, an offer that's hard to refuse. Yeah, it, it was something I considered. I came for the interviews. I checked out the city. I liked it. And I made the move here uh, basically 10 years after I moved to Canada in 2006 um, when, when I was uh, 26 and came here for work for a H-1B visa, computer programmer, uh, kind of uh, Canadian uh, work emigrate. It's now been 12 years since I moved. And, and who did you go to work for in San Francisco? Initially, it was a company called SonicWall. It's a producer of small business firewalls and network security devices. I spent four years with them. And after that, I understand you worked for Facebook. Correct. I uh, was in charge of security and malware re research and response to attacks on Facebook between 2010 and 2011 for two years. Uh, that was a very interesting work experience, and since that, I've left that to start my own company called Sidefort, where I spent the last seven years developing antivirus products. Interesting. What is your experience with uh, Ukrainian tech entrepreneurs in the San Francisco area, in Silicon Valley? Um, from my reading and my interviews, it seems like more and more Ukrainians are uh, trying to take their companies global. And many of them are ending up in Silicon Valley uh, with some sort of an office, if not permanently. So what's your experience in that area? That's exactly right. I have the same experience where a lot of smart Ukrainians are moving here, moving parts of their company here and trying to build uh, U.S.-based products, having a development team in Ukraine and a business and sales team here. I've met such entrepreneurs, I've helped some of them, I invested in some of their companies, and it's definitely part of uh, the activism that I'm doing that I like the most. Uh, I organize uh, twice a year a Ukrainian startup pavilion in San Francisco at the conferences like TechCrunch Disrupt or Startup Ryan entrepreneur conferences, and I help uh, Ukrainian entrepreneurs to exhibit their businesses there. And uh, I've, uh, I've had a lot of contacts and a lot of uh, really good, meaningful interactions with uh, Ukrainian entrepreneurs in the area. I think they thrive when they come here. So tell me a little bit about uh, your activity in 2013 and 2014 regarding the, uh, the Maidan activities and events in Ukraine. So it was a very emotional time for me. I was at the time... Um, uh, I left Facebook and I was already working at Cyport, but uh, I think it, it kind of, if I had to start somewhere, I have to say the experience I've had at Facebook working there, I noticed how that social network and that technology had the power to change people's lives and specifically be used to organize protests, to change uh, regimes and, and to help revolutions. I've seen that while working at Facebook, that happened in Libya, Egypt in all, a lot of the African and Middle East countries. So I kind of was awed by that uh, power of that technology, and I knew a lot of people from my Facebook days that worked there. So that kind of brings us to my dying time. My father lives in Kharkiv, and when things started happening, I started calling him and asking what's going on with, uh, with the students that were beaten up on Maidan and with this decision not to join Europe. So he was a big influence for me because he attended the Euromaidan protest in Kharkiv, in our city, and he was giving me the kind of information firsthand of what's going on, 
And I understood I had to get involved. I can't stand uh, and be a side of this. I have to do something. At the same time, I can't really leave my job uh, and go there and move there and, and participate. So I decided to organize the San Francisco version of Yevromaidan and try to unite the Ukrainians in our city uh, in the way they're helping Ukraine and, and involve people that maybe don't identify themselves as Ukrainians uh, but still care about the country and care about this cause. So uh, I've called my friend and colleague from Facebook, ex-colleague from Facebook, Lesia Pichevskaya, and together uh, she and I became the co-founders of Maidan San Francisco. We organized the, the protests in December, then January, then February, and started asking other Ukrainians to come out in support of our country, in support of what that time was protest against the Yanukovych government. Uh, and we were able to find a lot of passionate people, a lot of people from uh, Facebook, uh, my ex-coworkers, some people working at Google and other tech companies. So I would say like the profile of a typical Maidan San Francisco volunteer was young, technical, Ukrainian patriot. Uh, we had people from Twitter, from other Silicon Valley companies contributing their time, their resources, their technical expertise. And our goal then was to collect humanitarian aid, collect money, and send it to people on Maidan. Buy clothes and shoes and things for them. Um, you know, we, we did a lot of help in that time, uh, in that organization. It wasn't an official organization, we never incorporated, but it was just a group of uh, like-minded individuals. And even the, uh, the established kind of diaspora community uh, around churches in San Francisco, they came out and, and supported in our protests, in our meetings. Uh, they were part of the organizing committee, so we worked well with the previous generations that immigrated here. So tell me what happened after that. I understand in March of 2014, you founded an organization, a, a nonprofit organization called Nova Ukraine. Yes. Uh, what happened was we, we were watching very closely what's happening in Ukraine, and when the tragedy of Heavenly Hundred happened there, and when the Euromaidan movement really culminated in the victory, uh, in the change of the regime with the Poroshenko government and all of the activists kind of taking leadership roles in the new government, uh, I personally thought that the Maidan part of it is over, it's now over, over for Ukraine and it's over for us and we should kind of transition into helping Ukraine long term uh, in a non-political, non-military way and I, I wanted to do it through this new organization, I wanted to start it now, do it the American way, kind of put it, uh, involve lawyers, or incorporate, get get all the accountability, receive the status of 501c3 charity from, from the IRS, and uh, get more Americans involved in helping Ukraine, because a lot of our Maidan gatherings were just Ukrainians and, and ex-USSR people. So that was the vision, and uh, with the organizing committee from Maidan, which was over 10 people, it grew quite, quite big from just Lese and I, uh, we kind of explored this opportunity, and pretty much every organizer uh, became a founding incorporator, director uh, of this new organization, Nova Ukraine. And we picked the word Nova that symbolizes the direction that we wanted Ukraine to grow into some kind of new, free, democratic European country with new civil society and kind of uh, change from the old uh, corrupt and Soviet ways into a more, more American way. So... When we were building this organization, uh, we've decided our mission uh, to be focused on three things, on building civil society in Ukraine, on fighting corruption in Ukraine, and raising awareness 
uh, of Ukraine in America and in the world. So getting more help and more emphasis on helping Ukraine. And that's how Nobody Ukraine came to be in, in 2014. And now we've been running the organization for three years, growing it, growing the volunteer base, growing the donations that we're able to uh, uh, get and supporting multiple programs in Ukraine, in different cities, helping various what we call group risks victims. So what are some of the major activities this year with Nova Ukraine? So this year, uh, we have a number of ongoing projects where we're supporting uh, charities in Ukraine in various cities. For example, in Kharkiv, we're working with a group called Kharkiv With You. It's a charity fund that we know these people, we trust them, we've done programs to help refugees from Donbass with them before, and we're continuing to sponsor the help they're providing in Kharkiv. In Odessa, we're working with a group called Moy Gorod, uh, My City, which is trying to organize uh, active Odessa people to help their city. Uh, we're organizing in San Francisco a major concert of a Ukrainian uh, rock group, they're coming actually in just a month, and we're doing that as a charity concert, so they will be donating partial receipts of the concert to Ukraine through us. We've done that previously very successfully before with Akianese and Slavkova Karchuk. And uh, that's some of the main things that we're doing is we're helping other groups in Ukraine, uh, fundraising for them. We're doing a project with Viv Hospital where we've, we're helping to build them a new operating room. Uh, a lot of these projects are described in on our website, novaukraine.org, with photos and receipts and pictures. And really, like the way we see our mission is to be the bridge between Ukraine and America and be able to fundraise from the diaspora for uh, projects that are vetted by us and where we know that money will not be wasted. That's great. And if someone wanted to donate to Nova Ukraine, where would they go? Uh, they would go to our website, novaukraine.org, and we have options to donate uh, through PayPal or they could find our address and mail us a check and we do give uh, full tax receipts uh, for all of the donations or they can attend one of our events which we organize I didn't mention this but we do almost uh, monthly uh, uh, picnics and Ukrainian festivals and Ukrainian concerts and various things for the diaspora here so they can come to our event and donate in person or they can send something through the mail or do it online we welcome donations not just of money but kind of uh, time as well. If they think they can volunteer sometime, they can sign up to be a volunteer through our website. If they have a project in Ukraine that they believe needs our help and should be considered, they can nominate that group to get a grant from us, again, by contacting uh, our email, contact at novaukraine.org. So we're pretty much out of time at this point, but one final question. Where do you think this organization will go in the future? Um, I believe organization has a chance to leave lasting impact on the future of next generations of Ukrainians. And I do mean Ukrainians not just living in Ukraine, but diaspora groups all over the world. I want Ukrainians to continue helping even when they choose to immigrate and move their family to another place and they have opportunities for jobs uh, elsewhere. I want them to have a place where they can go to and donate time or participate and stay plugged in. Uh, with their heart, with their legacy, with their family in Ukraine, with their history. So I hope that organization will become that outlet, uh, work well with other charities like uh, Razom from New York or Ukrainian American uh, Coordinating Council, UACC. 
there's many other groups helping Ukrainians, and we're trying to kind of fit in uh, and close that niche of being the technical uh, Silicon Valley guys that use technology and, and organizing powers of Facebook and Twitter and social media to do fundraising for Ukraine effectively and support multiple projects. So my goal and my hope is that we will uh, raise the amount of help we're providing, which is right now maybe about $100,000 per year to millions of dollars, and we will give a place for all the Ukrainians uh, all over the world that want to help our country a way to do that and feel that uh, they're successful. Thanks, Nick. We're out of time. Uh, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Krenitsia, The Well, a podcast about Ukrainians around the world. And we've been speaking with Nick Biligorsky, who, in addition to being a Ukrainian tech entrepreneur and cybersecurity expert in San Francisco, has done a lot of community organizing and is the head of an organization called Nova Ukraine. Thanks again, Nick. And we look forward to hearing some great new things about your organization in the future. Thanks a lot. Glory to Ukraine.